Welcome to the HTW Podcast, where your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Secutis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, HTW is your navigator on the bumpy highway to well. Hi. Hi. So we had a really interesting conversation with Priscilla. Priscilla Sai. What a pretty name. I know. And what a pretty lady. What a pretty life that she has created. Yeah. She's the CEO founder of CocoKind, which is such a cool, just plant-based, amazing, brilliant, genius idea that, yeah, often replicated, never quite executed, I think, as well as what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's had an interesting journey. She was on Wall Street mm-hmm. for a very long time. We know what that can do to your health, yeah. your skin, and she's, your ass. She's a bit of a smarty pants. <laughs> um, and then she got even smarter and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I think I found my calling in skincare because she had trouble with her skin. Yeah, I mean, she, like I think many, have had these trials and tribulations with you know, Accutane and all of these horrible... She was on, oh my God, she was on antibiotics for like three years. Forever. Like destroyed her stomach. Horrible story. Yeah. I mean, Uh, with a great ending. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Very happy, very beautiful ending. But she kind of just put on her thinking cap and her thinking mask and said, how do I make something that's not made of horrible chemicals that I can put on my face and feel good about? And she decided instead of leaving it to some dude in a white coat, she was just going to kind of roll up her sleeves and get in there. Yeah. Which is, she, as Dr. Dre says, I've been in the lab with a pen and a pad trying to get this damn label off. No one is going <laughs> to know that reference. Oh, some people will know it. And for you, you're welcome. Yep, yep. So what do we talk about in this show? We talk about, she talks about every aspect of her business, really, and that she is involved in every aspect of yes. her business. She wears all the hats. All the hats. And how she cross-trains her entire staff to also wear all the hats. Right, which I think is super important, especially in startup mode. But then even when you're building your business, like it's it's amazing to also pave that way for people who come on board at the ground level and say, well, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. But, you know, if I learn all of these tracks, then then the sky is kind of the limit for the people that that get on the team. And interestingly enough, her entire team is women, which is kind of cool. Should we apply for jobs? Maybe. I mean, they might pay more than <laughs> what we're making here. Which is, ka Can we get a sound effect there? But I think something that's really cool is, I mean, we talk a lot about, like, you know, the vulnerability aspect of putting yourself kind of front and center. And she's done amazing things with, you know, her social media. She really is the face of the brand. And she tries the cosmetics on herself. And she puts mm-hmm. herself in her feed. And she handles her feed. And, and it's that, you know, sort of like... She talks about how, like, the vulnerability is, you know, the thing that she was most ashamed of or most kind of, like, uncomfortable with, uncomfortable with, right, Um, is now the thing that's, like, kind of leading her charge. Yeah. So we cover some good stuff with Priscilla. She's done an amazing job. It's like she's got no plans of letting go of this amazing company anytime soon. No. Also uh, very cool. She's already mom and popped it to, like, a huge national brand. Um, She's crushing it. 
Uh, we love her. Mm. And we love her even more because she brought us amazing products. Yes. <laughs> that some made, shimmer. It made me so glowy. Some shimmer, some glow. And the products are super beautifully packaged and very reasonably priced, which I really like. They kind of, it's not a luxury brand. It's definitely, it's accessible and um, it's delicious. Like there's just all these amazing plant ingredients and she's constantly doing new research. And yep. All right. Well, let's listen to how, how she does it. And um, Priscilla, if you ever want to come out with a makeup line for men, just saying, it doesn't exist yet. I don't think. Do you know, Erica? Does it exist yet? No, there's like scalp stuff, but, but nothing for faces. We're also gender fluid. I mean, shouldn't, like, why are the men being left out? Makeup line for men. Let's call it Man Up. Boom! Bam! You're welcome. Okay, now let's talk about Coco Kind. This is an amazing, amazing brand, and I'm so excited for you. you. We met uh, like a year ago or so at like a random conference where we were literally the only two women Women, in the room. So crazy. Um, And we were like, hi, let's talk to each other because (laughs) we're sitting in a room full of dudes. And and then it turned out you had created this amazing brand that I already had in my medicine cabinet. You're like, Coco Kind. I was like, wait, I have your lip balm. It went from there. And even since then, I feel like you are crushing it. I mean. Aw, thank you so much. This is an incredible business. Yeah, it's been, so it's been three and a half years so far. Um, It's everywhere. And it feels like it's been a lot longer than that. But it's been every year we become such a different company. So it's kind of cool to see how we're growing and it presents a lot of challenges because you kind of have to like keep on growing personally at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is been it's just been really cool to see kind of how we've grown organically, but still being kind of an exciting, more buzzworthy product, especially in the retailers that or the price range that we're in yes. for clean beauty. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's great. clean beauty, basically under twenty five dollars for yep. everything. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So being accessible is one of our core values, and that's something that before I started the company, it was just I could never find anything that was as minimalistic and but also affordable. And so one of our values is we want to make it accessible, like lower the barriers to entry for clean beauty, both in terms of education and people knowing what they're putting on their skin, but also in terms of the actual price point. So our best sellers like $9. You know, it's so funny. When I think about beauty, skincare, perfume, that whole world, mm-hmm. isn't that world, because your background is finance, yep, yep. you know this, Yeah, isn't that category, don't they have the best margins? Yeah. 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 So why, right? I'm sure this was your realization. Like, yeah. why, are, why is the price point so damn high? Mm-hmm. Why no, is the price point so damn high? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, honestly, I, like, it's amazing that this, that it's so shocking to us to hear you say, like, Coco kind of. Right. That we're celebrating the that fact that you have affordable as opposed to the fact that all of these products out there actually right. could make themselves And, you know, somebody affordable. just came in whenever and set the standard. Yep. And that just created the whole category. Yeah. And it's funny because you forget to, even though we're accessible and we have price points under $25, there's still the majority of people that that's really sure. expensive. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's something you really think about because for all the other brands, it is something that it would just happen and someone set that standard. And a lot of times beauty companies will price to that standard versus pricing to what makes sense for their product. And then they'll have all this extra room and then they'll spend money in different ways. Mm-hmm. But 
we just went to a show and we were looking at all the different components and everything, and it's really interesting. You really understand the be- the breakdown in the margin and the cost of a product and how most of the time the cost really lies in the packaging mm-hmm. and the marketing. Mm-hmm. Our ingredients are, you know, on average, I would say like at least 50% more than many of our competitors that are priced $30 or $40 and above because we don't have any filler ingredients that are kind of taking up the majority and then having these like really small percentages of actives or key ingredients. So what I say, I was literally telling my team yesterday because we are debating all these new packaging ideas and I said to them, you know, we will always have higher quality ingredients, more concentration of those amazing ingredients and that is our thing are we are we gonna have the best most like you know crazy looking and customized bottle no because we would rather spend money on the ingredients but it is something that in the beauty industry so many people care about the packaging so we do we definitely need to make sure that we kind of meet them there as well but at the end of the day people are now caring about you know what's inside Mm -hmm. the bottle more than what's outside Mm -hmm. the bottle so you know it's kind of this balancing act but it's a it's definitely a choice that we make where we spend the money and it's going to be on our customers and it's going to be on our ingredients. And how many products do you have now? So I think the latest like individual SKUs we probably have 25. Yeah. What did you start with? So it was a combination of our cleansing oil, our rose water, toner, a lip balm, a body product, a repair oil that uses rosehip oil, a firming oil, and yeah, I think that's it. It was primarily coconut-based at the beginning, right? Yep, yeah. Hence the name. Yep, exactly, yeah. And um, so it started off coconut-based, and we would blend it with other ingredients too. But over time, we've uh, really become more of a superfood-based company. Mm -hmm. So now, actually, more than half of our portfolio, probably like 75%, don't have coconut oil. So we started using other really key superfood ingredients like matcha or chia or sacha inchi oil or things like that. And it's cool because our customers have kind of followed us there Mm -hmm. and now think of us very much as like just using superfoods or super plants. I mean, may I just say, for the record, because we're in an audio experience, that you are positively glowing. Oh, I would like to know you. what is on your face currently. <laughs> so I have our new highlighters skin on. skin is like yeah. ridiculously Ooh, luminous. I want some highlighters. I brought you guys some. Let's you did? Yeah, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Ooh, I want to reflect <laughs> the light off my I mean, skin. your skin is literally just like stunning. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, we we just launched these mushroom-based highlighters last month. And it's amazing because one they're just like we formulated them we wanted them to have as much skincare payoff as they did makeup payoff mm-hmm. so we wanted the girl who never wears makeup and the girl who like really gets glammed up to be able to use it just the same and appreciate it for maybe different reasons like the girl who gets really glammed but wants that like makeup payoff and she wants it to stay on her face all day the girl who doesn't wear makeup she wants that like skincare benefit mm-hmm. and plus you know some of that glow so um so we launched them last month and they've just been doing really really well like extremely positive oh, I'm so excited. feedback yeah <laughs> I'm excited for you guys to try it so on the non-toxic scale where does Coca kind show up in like a think dirty app I mean, we're like just so far away. We're it's pretty much like the highest standard possible we would be there. We just don't use any like, like a zero. Yeah, we would be zero. 
I think the more that we are growing, the more complicated types of products that we are developing in our, the most clean and simplistic way. But it is challenging because we do have that, like we have set a really high bar for ourselves. Anytime that we use a, an ingredient, even when we develop sunscreens, which we are right now, mm-hmm. and just like, you know, prebiotic, probiotic types of skin care that actually just requires um, heavier types of preservatives or things like that that our line as it stands right now doesn't contain. We still, what we're doing is like we're making sure that it meets our standard, that we can educate. Again, it's all about like that accessibility, educating our customer, why it is non-toxic, what it's doing, why it's in there. Um, And I think that component is really important because people can see an ingredient like potassium sorbate or something like that. And because they don't reckon it looks really different than like chia oil and people can get scared by that. And it's important for us to like really explain to people why it's in there and what it's doing. And I think as our products are getting more complicated that's going to be like the key component to that but of course like any ingredients that are just really questionable like we're just never going to we never want to be like controversial mm-hmm. with our ingredients whatsoever mm-hmm. no, no you want to be as transparent as possible for sure. and when yeah. you have nothing to hide it's really easy to exactly be transparent, yep. So. yep were you always interested in the natural the wellness the this or was it really more specific to addressing a problem that you had, or was it kind of both? Yeah, so no, I wasn't. So I grew up with really bad hormonal cystic acne and still something that I deal with. But when I was in college, I was put on uh, doxycycline, spironolactin, and a lot of topical prescriptions. And How does that stuff differ from Accutane, or is it essentially the same thing? Similar, very similar program, yeah. Um, And I was on doxycycline, which is an antibiotic, twice a day, every day for three years. So it was crazy because... Back then, they still do it now, but but back then it was especially prevalent. That, you know, completely destroyed my gut. And not only that, my skin was so sensitive. So, for instance, I they, they told me to use Cetaphil, so I would use Cetaphil as my moisturizer. And I would actually have to put it on in the dark because my eye, it would sting so badly. My eyes would, like, run. Oh my my eyes would water and run. So it was just, like, extremely – and it would be, like, so red. And then 10 minutes later, I just, like, put a bunch of makeup over it. And it was just a very bad, you know, kind of stage of skincare and just – general like self-confidence for myself and then finally I was dealing with some like a lot of just like feeling nauseous all the time and tired and um, I and I told my parents because they didn't I kind of went to the dermatologist myself and my mom has like the most perfect skin ever like never had as it in her life her skin looks better than mine today (laughs) and she didn't know what to do so she trusted that like me and my sister going to the dermatologist we would get you know the appropriate prescription when she found out that we were on like birth control antibiotics like all these things and she knew that we were having some stomach issues she made us quit everything and I was like no like I'm 21 at that time and I'm I'm like, no, I don't want to. Like, my skin's going to freak out. Like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then I did, and I ended up, you know, really having this transitionary period. But also, I've always been, like, a very DIY person. Like, I would make my own clothes or make my own food. Just, like, anything that I wanted to do, I always thought that I could make it. <laughs> it was, like, really weird. So I started to look into, like, really simplistic ingredients, a lot of plant oils. And I was always, like, very scared of that because I was, hadn't used oils on my face, like, ever. And everything was always, like, drying for oil yeah. for 
free or right, non-comedogenic. That is the that is the time when I mean, it was what year was that roughly? Two thousand nine or so. Okay, yeah. I mean, for a long time, I guess. The for sure, has been like don't put any don't oil put any oil on your face. You're ever. gonna clog your pores. Yeah. It's yep. gonna be yeah. So exactly. So um, I was really nervous about it, but the first time I remember, like the next morning, being like, wow, like I didn't, my face didn't sting, and my face actually feels like not like so dry and like stiff mm-hmm. and it just over time it completely changed the substance of my skin and it just it was something that like I still experienced breakouts but it was recovering much faster mm-hmm. and my, it wasn't painful and I realized like there's definitely a way to do this gently not by like killing everything right including the good stuff mm-hmm. so um but in terms of wellness, I, so I was working at J.P. Morgan, and I covered the uh, yeah the, the wellness, of mecca. wellness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I covered stocks like Whole Foods, um, Hanes Lesiel. Like I covered, you know, the organic, the non-organic CPG stocks, and and I actually did become. This is a, like a Whole Foods heyday in their stock, and I like did become very enamored by the natural companies that that I saw and I noticed. And I went to Expo S, Expo East, just for fun or fancy foods in New York, and. Uh, I just met so many entrepreneurs in more in like the snack space that were so friendly and cool and very welcoming. And I realized like this is an industry that is growing so much and it's really changing the way consumers shop and behave in and in, in terms of what they choose to consume, setting the bar higher. And that's something that I really wanted to be a part of. But it's funny, I never for a while that starting a skincare company never occurred to me because imagine if it's like the biggest insecurity for you you're right. not going to be like no matter what you're not going to be like can I cash in on that exactly yeah. you're like so, how could I put a magnifying glass yeah how can exactly. I make everybody yeah. know yeah and it was it, it just never really occurred to me or it was like you know I would make my own skincare and sometimes I would think about it but then I just didn't feel that like confidence yet to do so and then all, all of a sudden like one day it just changed and I was like this is helping me so much and this is out of all the things like I had looked into starting a banana ice cream company with a friend um, just like lots of things which by the way I thought would have done really well but but this was a product that was so personal to me and like very put me in a very vulnerable mm-hmm. kind of state but also I felt re- really passionate about so around like four and a half years ago I quit and then decided to kind of work on this and then we launched like three and a half years ago. But I think that vulnerability is actually probably what was a big contributing factor to the success because mm-hmm. I think anybody mm-hmm. wants to hear your story and they can relate to, mm-hmm. I mean, and especially with social media now, yep. like you put yourself right in the middle For of sure. all of these, like the Instagram and yep. you have pictures of, you know, your skin and when what you look out, like, no makeup yep. and your breakouts, which mm-hmm. I think is so honest and yeah. so... I think important, especially when you're talking to people, skin, I think skin care and skin issues are such a huge um, sort of point of stress and shame for yeah. a certain, you know, demographic that it's really nice to see somebody who's like literally warts and all. Yeah, and exactly. how I can help you. Yeah, exactly. Now that you have warts. No. <laughs> okay. Not literally. Not literally warts and all. Zits and all. I would just like to say, <laughs> she does not have any warts. Um, but if you did, it would still Yeah, it's cool. In the age of social media, especially, one thing that I was always very conscious of is we want to make people feel good where they are. We don't want to show them these images of perfect. That's not like we're not going to market towards being perfect. We want people to feel good being themselves. Um, And that's just extremely important to me. Like there's no better 
gift to me than like a customer saying that she feels more confident uh, because of our products or because of our social media or whatever it is. And that to me is like, that's the ultimate goal because it's so personal to me that I know exactly what that feels like. So I think that's also very rare in beauty, you know, Mm -hmm. where everything is just perfect images, perfect skin, whatever it is. And I think that there's definitely a need for that in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. So amen to that. Yeah. Good <laughs> on you, you for, for switching that around. Thank you. So can you talk a little bit about what it's like to now run your own business? Yeah. So we're like close to 30, Okay, maybe 30. And it's been a wild ride. We remain a self-funded company, bootstrapped, and that part has made the building very us. Like I feel very like nothing is uh, not exactly like who we want to be or everything is super authentic to us. But at the same time, it's made, you know, there's lots of cons and challenges that come with that territory. And, um, you know, I, I guess for me, my long-term vision of Coco Pine is has always been like I could see myself running it for the rest of my life. Uh, and I, because of that, that shapes a lot of the decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. But actual building the company has been just, I mean, you guys know, it's just such a challenging thing where you're growing as much as the company, more than the company. And that's kind of the daily challenges. You have to kind of become better every day. I think I've like learned more personally than I ever thought I would. Yeah, it can be a steep learning curve. Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's really insane. I think especially and an like, ego check. Yeah, for sure. All of that. It's something that there's so many times where like people ask me like, what keeps you up at night? And it's just like, that's an impossible question because every day it's something different. And, you know, some days I sleep really well. Some days there's what like... What keeps me up is that I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's always what I say is like, you don't know what you don't know at certain stages. And there's always something that you don't know. So it's been, you know, a learning process in terms of like building the company. And I feel like, like I'm always pretty honest with myself and with others like I'll be the first person to be like yeah I don't know I've never done this before you know like I have just as much experience doing this as like someone who just graduated college Mm -hmm. you know would have if they started a company so there's there's just so many things that you have to be kind of humble about and and listen from others and and also be willing to like make mistakes and see how things go and I guess that extends to your employees right i mean that's kind of a nice thing to have it's a nice quality to have in a in a boss or an owner is that you know they're they're learning with you Mm -hmm. right and they're also empowering you because if you don't know what you don't know most likely you're going to empower your employees to go and Mm -hmm. and sort of figure it out on their own yeah i mean there's just a culture so many things in our company where it is a challenge because we are growing really quickly and that that basically demands this like very high level of performance where you're constantly having to learn and then you all of a sudden you have to change because now we're bigger or we're growing in different ways or whatever it is but at the same time it is cool because everybody is super empowered with the decisions that we make and 
everybody is involved in, for instance, like product development or marketing or talking to customers. Like I have every single person super involved with getting to know our customer or talking to our customer or something like that. Like we just even we just kind of instated this uh, customer calls thing where like every employee has to call a customer like once a month and just kind of have a conversation with her. How'd she find out about us? What she likes, what she doesn't like. like just like kind of get to know the customer because we are like I always want to be extremely like customer obsessed Mm -hmm. and make sure that we are in tune with you know what what she's doing what she's thinking and how we can use that information to continuously be a better company and better team too Mm -hmm. yeah that's the funny thing sometimes we learned that the it's always the quiet customers that you have to go after because you're like why you know the ones who are like oh it's amazing, yep, you know, yep. and they're very happy to share their experience because it's possible. Yep. It's like the ones who are silent. Yeah. Those are the ones you really want to focus on because you could. Right. Because even the negative ones are still talking to you. Exactly. And yeah. you have an opportunity to fix something. But the ones who are quiet, you're like, you're there, you have some insight there. Let's yeah. like get underneath that. Totally. And yeah. we use like social media in that way where we can get that feedback from, I mean, people on Instagram, they're really quick to kind of give you thoughts. So if you put something out there, like we will get hundreds and hundreds of responses. One thing that we're doing right now is we're doing packaging refresh and we just asked our customers today, like, do you want to be involved in this or not? And, and you know, it's like 98% of people. But we have, whenever we do these polls, we have thousands of people that respond to them. So we can be like lip gloss or lipstick and give them these questions. And then we basically use that information. So, you know, with this packaging refresh, we're basically designed all these questions that we're going to ask the customer to basically lead us in the direction of what they want. Because it's lip, lip gloss. For me. Oh, really? Yeah, Erica yes. raised her hand and said lip gloss. <laughs> Funny. So what do you think about just that school of thought where there's, I don't know, was it Steve Jobs who's like, I'm not into asking my customers what they want because they don't know what they want. I'm going to tell, tell them, them what, what they, they want, yeah. or what they need. And they oftentimes don't know that they need it until I put it in front of them and describe. But, I, but you know, it goes either way. And I think that we struggled a lot with that, too, was just like, do you do the, the market research and the testing? Yep. Or do you just say, like, you never knew that you wanted to not eat food for three days <laughs> yep. and just drink juice? <laughs> but Well, I go. wonder if that if it somehow um, if if the innovation or sort of newness of a category has plays into that, because, I mean, beauty is is centuries. Old, right. Does it so. get stifled or is it or does it support it somehow? Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting with innovation. We've definitely had products where. She told us she wanted it, but then we've had products where, like, nobody ever thought that they needed this. And then we kind of explained to them why they do and how to use and, you know, different – different. Like what? What's an example? Like, what do instance, I not know that I need that now I'm going to never not <laughs> use? Yeah, so, like, our chlorophyll mask is one of our best sellers. That's amazing. It is a powder. So people have to mix it with water themselves, and then they can mix it with oil or cleansing oil or even yogurt or whatever it is. Yeah, but that was pretty unique when we launched it two and a half, you know, yeah, two and a half years ago. And to have a powder mask that you don't have to use preservatives because it's dry powder, it can be a much more effective and potent mask when you have when you don't have to add water to it. So it's really people are just getting that pure ingredient and then adding water themselves at home. So that's a, a perfect example of like we educated customers how to use it mm-hmm. and why to mm-hmm. use it. And then they completely came along the ride with us. 
But so sometimes I feel like you want to lead that innovation and you don't you don't always want to be like just giving like responding to things. You have to be in front of it, too. But then we use that like feedback to we try to use the feedback in as many ways as we can, though. And so something like packaging, it's like we I'm such a like deep believer in the idea of like we want to build community and with packaging, we want it to be representative of our customers. We want to know, like, you know, you can hire a branding agency that's basically going to ask us, who are your customers? What do they like? What, you know, what what do they feel? Like, all these things. Right. Or we can ask, actually just gather, like, literally hundreds of thousands of responses to figure out what they want. So that's that was a decision we were thinking internally, mm-hmm. like, do we want to do this or do we not want to do it? Do we kind of want to go a different route and, and, you know, either use the agency or whatever? And we were just thinking, like, we have the most valuable feedback here. Right. And so we're going to design it in a way that we get the answers that the customer wants and we build something that they want. And I think it's going to be really, really cool. But I, I, I do think that there's a lot of times where you have to use that and you have to, you know, you yourself have to lead innovation. We had an accountant once who sort of, this is burns in my brain, her cautionary tale when we were trying to figure out which product to launch next. And she told us the story of like when McDonald's went and asked their customers, what do you want to see on the menu? What's Mm -hmm. lacking? And everyone, I mean, this just overwhelming, healthier options. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, and it it sort of ended up at a veggie burger option. I remember that veggie burger. Yeah, so (laughs) I've never had it. But I think me and, like, one other guy bought it. Apparently. (laughs) And McDonald's, the massive footprint that they are, made the shift, and they added a veggie burger to the menu per their customer's request. And it just bombed. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I think it's just like humans. We think we want something. It's what you think you want. Exactly. And then what we're actually going to do is so different. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I want that exercise bike, but am I going to really use it <laughs> yeah. in my basement? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. And I think it's also like how representative your brand is in that person's life. Like if it is ends up being like a true lifestyle brand and they feel such a big part of like the community or or such a big part of the company which our customers are then their feedback and their advice is like it's just extremely important but it is like making sure that they are really a part of it Mm -hmm. and then it becomes different yeah um where we can really use that to like when they say they want something like they really mean it and they are going to be there but and then they better buy it yeah (laughs) like no give backs (laughs) No take backs, guys. <laughs> if only. Um, okay, so those are the benefits of being able to just like run everything yourselves. What do you think the downsides are? I mean, you've been very staunchly like no partners, no investors, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. But... Yeah. So there's just a lot of like being flexible is really important for me. And also like for me, I'm such an operator, like I'm very involved in all aspects of my business. And if I had to divert time away from that right now, it just we wouldn't be growing the way we're growing. And that won't always be the case. And I certainly want to get there. But right now in the beginning years, it's just really important for me to be like operating every day, growing, listening to our customers and, you know, making decisions based on that, you know, obviously building a sturdy and strong operation 
conversations. Um, at the same time, the downside is like, yeah, we we do have to be more cautious with how we spend. Um, hiring has also been instead of kind of um, launching with a lot of really experienced managers and senior people. A lot of my, especially in the beginning, have been people who you know are super junior, maybe first job. Really had to learn through some easy ways, mostly hard ways, together. Now we are able to hire more senior people, and it's just, like, so welcome. Like, we just hired somebody who is our director of ops, and she has, like, you know, almost, like, 18 years of experience. And um, it's just so refreshing because you need that. Like, I was craving that expertise, that experience. And Mm -hmm. whenever she says something, I'm like, well, you have a lot more experience than I do. Even though I know all the ins and outs of my company, I haven't seen that before. So I think that's like something that I'm looking forward to more and more being able to hire those more experienced people. And mm-hmm. that's, that has been something that we've had to like really just work towards making sure that we're still like catching up, even though we're not that experienced. Mm-hmm. And so by chance, all of these hires, are they all women? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but it's not something that I'm, you know, we're obviously not like only women. There's two men in the company right now and the rest are women. And it's just like Do they hang out. Yeah, that's I mean, it's <laughs> they were fun. like you two at the conference. Wait, so what are the men? What are the what are the men? Um, what were their roles? What um, are their roles? Yeah. So one of them is in fulfillment okay. of our distribution um, shipments. And then the other one is in a warehouse. And that is exactly how we really coincidentally that's exactly right and yep. it was not intentional the vast majority um of employees at blueprint in senior positions were female mm-hmm. and the more junior positions were all in the kitchen it's funny all the men were in the kitchen <laughs> and all of the females were that's in amazing. the decision making yeah. roles yeah so that was not obviously intentional with you either. Yeah. I mean, I think and at the end of the day, like people who will want to work at Kokokine will really be somewhat attached to our mess. I mean, really attached to our message mm-hmm. and our values. And usually that ends up being a woman because our audience are women. And in addition to that, you know, I always think when I think about like the investment world and actually that conference that we met at was like so eye opening in that way. It's like sausage fest. Yeah. Yeah, you have like all these men investing in companies that are targeting women and it it drives me insane. I talk about it all the time because I have so many friends that just would be like amazing investors because they actually understand this. But because maybe they didn't do exactly two years in, you know, banking or two years in private equity and then going into venture or whatever the path may have looked a little bit differently, they're not get, getting those same opportunities. And I think that's really unfortunate. But anyways, you know, going back to it, I think we I want people who mostly just understand the brand the most. And because our audience is women, like that's generally what what's going to happen so um you know it's something that's not intentional whatsoever but i'm also really proud of it yeah i know we felt the same way and so for you now in 2018 um is the hr world supporting that like so is having a primarily female company a lawsuit potentially <laughs> discrimination suit or is it going to get you a grant yeah like, i don't know I always go back to, like, I just hire the best talent out yeah. there mm-hmm. that I can find um, and afford. <laughs> yeah. So, and that just so happens that 
we ended up with all women. So cheap women. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. It's Is the inspiring. wing going to give you a free membership for that? I don't know. I'm waiting. I know. The wing. Take note. <laughs> Are you listening? I mean, you should be like their poster child. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so the company has scaled tremendously. Obviously, you're in Whole Foods now, right? Mm-hmm. Are, you, yep. are you like national? Yep, or? yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations it's been awesome. on that. They've been awesome to work with for us. And I think it's really interesting that you feel like in terms of the future of the company, you could really see it playing out in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Like you could just as easily see scaling and eventually selling as you could just running it for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I would say I could see it more running it for the rest of my life than I could selling it or anything like that um it's just i'm not like a serial entrepreneur or anything like that like i I can see why it's appealing because you're like okay the second time if i did this again i would know so much more make so many less mistakes or whatever it is i can see how that part would be really appealing but it was really hard and i don't know (laughs) i don't want to do that again and i'm really proud of what i'm building and i want to like there's a lot of joy in just like continuing to build that thing for me and so I could see, yeah, I just, I could see it being the same way for a long time or I can, you know, I'll, I'll make different decisions when we reach certain milestones. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm not really tied to a certain outcome right, right. now. I just am really But I think it. that's really refreshing. I feel like there yeah. aren't that many people who are building businesses that are this sticky mm-hmm. and impactful and kind of cutting edge mm-hmm. that are also like, no, this is actually just like my sweet spot. It's yeah. my jam and I like it and there's no end game. It's really just about like the day to day, which it's not that common, I think. Yeah, and- no, you're right. It is like, and that's also why it is not that common for uh, people not to have raised because that is like tends to be kind of that path. And that's also why I'm a little bit hesitant because it's always something I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be an event. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Like, but I just, I could. By an event, you mean like a, a wealth event? Yeah, or like, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, the type but, of event where you just throw cash in the air. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So it definitely changes the way that we make decisions because we are very like long term focused. It's actually like a very sort of in the moment. It's a very kind of zen way of running your business. Like it's actually just it's yes, it's a long term focus in terms of we want to see this go far, mm-hmm. but it's really just like we're also enjoying the day to day, and it's not all about every decision impacting what might potentially happen if we potentially yep. have a sale event. And let me tell you from the other side. It is a lot harder the second time around. Starting <laughs> is a it? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big misconception. She's like, oh, look, I've already done it. So this next time will surely be easy, yeah. uh, easier because I've now got all this knowledge and I've got this track record and I have the confidence yeah. of X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. Right. Wow. There's a benefit to hindsight and there's also a tremendous yeah. downside, which is just like that blissful ignorance yeah. of just yeah. discovering Figuring things. it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's to be it treasured. It is. Yeah. Just put it in your pocket. That's right. No, you should just, you know what? Keep going as long as you can go. <laughs> well, it's funny because even when I talk to people who are like just starting companies, I always say like that first year for me was like the most fun. I think 
ever have in terms of like career work in my life because we had literally nowhere to go downwards and it was only like everything was just like upside and everything was like a win and you just didn't have anything to lose and it was like like you're used to you're assuming people are gonna say no so when they do it's like okay whatever and then you know it's just the more you grow the more problems you have and so that first I get that reference mo money mo problem exactly missed the Eminem one earlier (laughs) we'll go back to it clean beauty is definitely not a new concept but I feel like just in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. it's much more widely embraced. Yeah. And there's still, I think, a lot of bullshit out yeah. there mm-hmm. and a lot of sort of like smoke and mirrors and we're sort of clean, but then over here we're not. Well, and- can I ask you on that note, do you have the Think Dirty app? I don't. Okay. So Think Dirty is this app. I, yeah, right? I know about it. Where you like input your either your barcode or just the name of the yep. product. And it will rate on a scale of zero to 10 how toxic that product is. And just the fact that that exists right now, yeah. I think, is such an amazing indication of, like, this space. Yeah, and, and also terrifying. And also terrifying <laughs> because even my mom was like, I don't understand how they're getting this information. What does it mean? You know, and it is confusing. It so is. on the bullshit radar, like, uh, you know, it, it's a little questionable. Yeah. Well, anyway. there's a lot of – no. So, I mean, but my question is how do you – how do you feel that you guys differentiate and how do you feel that you are, I mean, you said it before in terms of transparency and mm-hmm. you really do have nothing to hide, but like, how do you feel that you can set yourselves apart mm-hmm. because there is still a lot of bullshit out there? Yeah, there is. And even some of the new standards that people use, some of it, if you talk to like true natural skincare chemists, they're like, mm, that's not really based on science. You know, why this may be rated, you know, higher than the other. But I didn't think the wellness industry had to base anything on science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about what we do now. It was all based on we my have own personal truth. Right. We have alternative facts here, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. And as we've grown, too, it's something that I'm, like, really in tune with. Like, we want to make sure that we continuously, like, get better about the products, um, the research behind it, and how we're communicating that to people. In terms of, like, I guess, like, our customers, just because the nature of our product, are so smart. And that's something, like, I think is just really important. I say also all the time, like, we never, never should bet on the consumer not getting smart. So you should always assume that she will figure it out or know this or learn this eventually. And a lot of other companies are kind of like, you know, they hope that like Hoping this never gets Hoping she doesn't wise up. Yeah. And that's just like Ugh. something that I just, that may be successful for a short amount of time, but over the long haul, like, and that's how our perspective is. Like we want to have um, products that will kind of stand the test of time. And I think we're continuously doing a better and better job of that when it comes to product development. Um, So, yeah, it it is kind of this, like, gray area that the industry is in. But it's up to, like, the individual companies, too. I think it's just about, like, having integrity in in your decisions. Like, there's, for instance, like, crazy fact, but when it comes to skincare active ingredients, like a lot of times you'll see something being like an extract and there's actually even an extract. So even if it's like a plant extract, there's actually some incidental ingredients that make up that extract. So it's not just watermelon extract. It can be watermelon extract with two preservatives or some harsher preservatives, some weaker preservatives that are more non-toxic. But in the U.S. and in many other countries, you actually don't have to list those. So you just list watermelon extract. 
And that's just something that's like it's it's hard because it's like almost every company that is out there doesn't list those incidental ingredients unless they're forced to. Right. And the U.S. Um, we're just like super lax about what you exactly. have to list. Yeah. And awesome. so we it's just something that we're like, no, we have to be like ahead of this and we have to be like super transparent. Yeah. I think I read a crazy stat once from some skincare, national skincare company that the U.S. bans only 1,100 or so ingredients yeah. from uh, topical products, mm-hmm. whereas, like, the EU bans 11,000. Yeah, like, it's like 11, I mean, it's amount. a Absurd. big difference. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go international? Yeah. <laughs> I, so we, um, we sell some products in Australia, and we will eventually. We're actually launching in 1,000. Um, stores in Canada this next month. And so we're excited about that. And we actually, one of our like leading chemists, she's actually based in Europe. And so it's cool because we actually have her dictate like what ingredients, what preserves use, because they just have a much stronger, you know, regulatory presence over there. So we feel excited about like our new products and we feel good that like they will hold the test of time. I feel like we should all go cosmetics shopping in Europe. Yeah. To know that we're not getting terrible things to put on our face. Yeah. Or just buy Coca Kind always. Yeah. Or just buy Coca Kind. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that is a good sort of practice. Um, especially in this industry, is to just assume that your consumer is the smartest person in the room Mm -hmm. and, like, back into everything based on that. It's an amazing philosophy that I think not enough companies embrace. So, Mm -hmm. mazels Mm -hmm. to you. You're very smart. You're very wise, like, well beyond your years. (laughs) You're not even 30, right? I'm 30. (gasps) Congratulations. (laughs) Lord. I know. I don't know how to talk about it. (laughs) So wise and glowy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, gosh, what what are we going to do now? Okay, I have an idea. Okay. We're going to talk about your fantasy dinner party. We're just going to jump right in. Nice. So... Who's at it? What am I... Oh, okay. What are you so, eating? Not, not necessarily in that order. Yeah. Well, are you I can start cosmetics? with what I'm eating. <laughs> are you eating you? your matcha stick? Like, no. I'm not eating my matcha stick, but I could if I wanted. It's that pure. It's true. <laughs> so, uh, like, the ultimate person, I think, in the wellness world or just entrepreneur generally is Hamdi from Chobani. Like, he's just... Oh, he's not a great I mean, I saw him speak once at this, like, fast company conference or something and it was just like you're totally enamored by him because he's you can tell he's just such a kind person and he there's so many things that he did differently gave all of his employees ownership yep you know was very staunch in like manufacturing the U.S. and changing the way like the misconceptions that people had about uh, manufacturing in the U.S. and really started something like based on you know just he stumbled upon this like factory and decided to buy it and then all of a sudden you know five years later he created this amazing company with really really strong values that seem to have like lasted through that growth so I think he is someone that I could just like spend so much time talking to and learn from and in terms of what we'd be be eating I'm just like I don't know. I feel like I'd be pretty simple, like some salmon, avocado, definitely avocado. Maybe some yogurt sauce yeah, from Giovanni. Yo- yeah, exactly. <laughs> some Greek yogurt. Um, I love tea. So like some type of tea, something really simple, nothing too too crazy. But I pretty much, I so I have this new thing as of this year where I try to have like some avocado once a day. 
So yeah. That's my only like Good requirement. Rule. It's like I just like having avocado in Delicious. It. Yeah. What's your favorite preparation of it? Like just, what was yesterday's avocado dish? So let's see. I had avocado just with my salad. Oh. Yeah. With olive oil yeah. and salt. You're a purist. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Like, if you could see her skin, you would know. Oh, my God. I purist. know. <laughs> Avocado is like so good avocado. for you. Oh, here's something inspiring or maybe disgusting. I don't know. But yesterday I put um, avocado and egg on my toast. Like gluten-free. Groundbreaking. <laughs> and no, no. Hold on. I'm not We're getting that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like your face or something. Yeah. Toast on your face. No, but that would be good on my face, no? Yeah. Avocado? Yeah, and probably egg yolk. Okay, so on top of my avocado egg, I put turmeric sauerkraut. Ooh, mm. I like it. Mm, it was quite good. You got a little, like, sweet, sour, salty, bitter It was a little, action. like, tang. I a like zing. it. A I tang. love sauerkraut. I love yes. anything vinegary. Yes, me yeah, too. Apple like, cider vinegar all day. Like normally I would broth. do, like, the chilies, but I can't do the hot, the, the chilies anymore. Cause She's having some I'm reflux having issues. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> I'm really, I would like to tell everyone that comes on the show about my recent bout. <laughs> Let's talk about your esophagus again. I know we're here to talk about cocoa kind, but could I just take five minutes to talk about my reflux? Is it silent? Um, is there anyone else at your gender party besides Hamdi, or is it really just like an intimate, like, have a conversation for two? It's yeah, I'm to- like an introvert, so I don't like... I don't do well with, like, a bunch of people that I don't know. <laughs> so I would rather just, like, kind of Listen, go in deeper. Know thyself. No, yeah. it's good. You know who else is an introvert? Oprah Winfrey. Me and oh, Okay, so Oprah could be there, too. That I, would be ideal. Oprah and Why are you giving Amy? her everybody else's guests? <laughs> because I'm just saying, you guys, you, because it would be, like, a fun little roundtable. You guys could all sit around the table, eat and your not avocado, <laughs> and I'll talk about how you don't like to talk yeah. too much because it is draining. Oh, I just listened to an episode about Oprah talking about her being an introvert. It's depleting. Anyway, anyway, God, that sounds like healthy fare. Can I come? <laughs> well, we're not invited. No, no, it's just okay. the fewer the better. No, it's if like, I know fine. you already, then it's not. We could just be like guest bartenders. Yeah, or, no, you can, you can be there. <laughs> She's like, well, I'll give you some tea. Just stay over there in the corner. Oh, all right. Well, this has been amazing. And congratulations again. Coco Kind is a fantastic brand. It's direct to consumer. It's Whole Foods. Where else is it? I mean, where are people? So, yeah, we we sell to like thousands of other like independent or regional grocers as well. We're also in like the Free People or Urban Outfit or Anthropology stores. Um, we have some new exciting business coming online next year that we'll talk about then and then in Canada we're launching in Shoppers Drug Mart in September so that's kind of like the CVS meets like Ulta of Canada they're like everywhere so um, that's going to be really exciting because we have a big base of Canadian customers so I'm super excited about that but yeah. Canadians are pretty kind. Yeah they are very Hey nice one. (laughs) Good punnery I thought a whole day was going to go by without you taking advantage of some fun work Um, All right. well Good luck and congrats again, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking. 